Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. Why did I say it like that? Air rig. I don't know. Because air, it you, sounds like I'm sounds like I'm an air freshener. Airwick. It, it does. Yeah. yeah. Do I need to air plug? Rick. Do I need to plug you into the wall socket? And will you spit out potpourri or something? I don't smell that good. Trust me. Cinnamon twist. <laughs> it's like let me let me try. Woo. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Not after that. you're doing yard do work. That. You don't. Let yeah. me tell you that. <laughs> Neither am I. Hey, we hope you're all doing great out there, and mm-hmm. thank you for coming to the show. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And uh, also, hey, check us out on our social media. We are uh, on. Uh, yeah, we're on Twitter. Uh, form well. Formerly Twitter, X. I can't get used to saying that. That still anyway, sounds weird. I know, yeah. I know. X, uh, we're at uh, PTI underscore podcast. And we're currently on Meta, formerly known as Facebook, <laughs> at Pardon the Intermission. Or you can still refer to it as Facebook. Either yeah. way, you'll have access to both if you access one. And we haven't got on TikTok yet. I don't know. Should we get on TikTok? Oh, I'm a little worried about that. I think we're going to be tempting fate if we do TikTok. <laughs> we'll have to discuss yeah. that at a subsequent time. Yeah, we'll, we'll just be doing like crazy dancing videos at that point, right? That, well, maybe your daughter and mine, but not definitely. <laughs> not me i can't dance worth a dime that's why well, that's the fun of it that's why i did traditional stage shows uh in theater rather than musicals did i can never, sing i can sing but i just cannot dance did you never do a musical <clears throat> i auditioned for a musical once i auditioned for hms pinafore okay a long time ago and um singing's never been my problem i studied voice yeah, lesson for yeah. over five years in the church choir church uh, choir and everything stuff. else yeah, yeah. but folks i wear a size 16 shoe okay and if you've seen me walk <laughs> I lumber around. I look like Lurch. All right, a no, guy, a guy with my body, and my, I'm not meant to dance. So, um, yeah. And again, singing's not the problem. It's just dancing. So, yeah. but that's always steered me away from musicals. Nah, to be gotcha. quite honest with you. Well, I couldn't really sing that well or dance, but I still did them. I thought I could. I just, I just, I convinced myself. <laughs> Dude, you were epic in Beauty and the Beast. Don't, oh, you like sh- don't sell yourself short. I was, yeah, I right? was epic as the knife, the dancing knife. No one could, no one could ever. But you, but you were sharp as a knife though when you danced. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a butter knife. I was pretty dull. To okay, the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> all right. Off of utensils here. Right. Um, hey, uh, we got a very interesting show. We do. Why don't you tell them out there what we're going to talk about tonight? We're, we're pretty excited about. It. Pretty geeks. Yeah, I am very excited and very geeks because uh, this week is the birthday of one of the mo- one of the greatest and most versatile actors we've ever had in the history of anything. Film, TV. Marlon Brando. God dang it. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, sorry. The great Harrison Ford. Yeah. And so I thought it would only be uh, apropos. Well, not apropos. I thought it would be appropriate, I should say, to discuss the 10 best Harrison Ford movies, at least ranked by Empire Magazine. Mm. We, we saw this a while back, and we've had it on our uh, slate for quite a while. And I yeah. said to Eric today, coming in, I said, you know what? Since this week is Harrison Ford's birthday, this is perfect timing to talk about some of his best movies. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, well, we were going to actually talk about it when uh, Dial of Destiny or Dial of Dysentery or whatever were, uh, came out. Right? Dial of Amoebic <laughs> Dysentery came out, yes. Indiana Jones 12 came out. <laughs> right. Uh, we were going to talk about it, but you know, Disney just kept giving us so much news that we couldn't get to it. You they know? did. But, and it, but, but you brought up that it was his birthday, and it's like it's a perfect time to talk about it. Perfect time and only time to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So yep. how old is he? He's, you know eight, he's in his 80s. I think he's 83 or 84. Four. Wow! If okay. I if I if I remember correctly, so hmm. yeah, he's he's obviously been around for a while. Yeah, and he looks like yeah. he's been around for a while. Yeah, I, I bet you his. Uh, never mind. 
I was gonna say, I, I bet you, I bet you, his character Han Solo is pretty upset too that uh, that uh, in Ahsoka, everybody's surviving from uh, laser uh, lightsaber uh, and laser puncture bl- wounds, yeah, except right? for Qui Gon and except for Qui Gon and, and Han Solo. Solo. Yeah, it's like what gives? <laughs> anyway, okay, so the ten uh, movies. What do we got here, Jason? Start us off. Yeah. So again, this comes from uh, an article in Empire Magazine, folks. So we have the ten best Harrison Ford movies according to Empire. According Magazine. to them, and we'll see if we agree. Yeah, we may not agree. We with may these. not. So we'll start off here in descending order from 10 to 1. The 10th best Harrison Ford movie on this list is Air Force One, wow. which came out in 1997. And that, and I'm looking at it, it looked like uh, Gary Oldman was in that also as the bad guy. Oh, right? God, He's yeah. The yeah, so yeah. the movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, Air Force One is a movie about Harrison Ford who plays a president of the United States. And Gary Oldman is a Russian terrorist who hijacks Air Force One and tries to use leverage uh, by having the president kidnapped and hijacked to uh, have some great Russian general or dictator released from prison. Mm. It's an action-laden film, lots of gunfire, lots of action that takes place on a 747 jumbo jet, which is a big aircraft, but, but enough for this, a- enough action? Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, uh... What, was, what am I going to say? They when originally, if I remember this, I'm trying to remember this movie. Mm. I really don't remember, to be honest, that okay. well. But didn't they like, uh, like he was there, but he mm. sees that they're getting his family right, so yes. they have his family, and then he's crawling. I just remember him crawling like in the underbelly of the plane, yes. trying to get around and do this and do that, and he's so he's trying to maneuver. So it's basically like they don't have him at, in the beginning. <clears throat> And he's right. trying to maneuver, do different things, and then he somehow I think who was the vice president? It was a female, right? It was a female. Glenn Close. Was Glenn, it Glenn Close? Close was the vice president. That's right. Oh man, it's yes. coming back to me now. now and so and now, then somehow he gets message to her, right? Right, exactly. So the way he goes undetected at first is when the plane gets hijacked by Oldman and his group of uh, Russian wannabes. Um, he is thrust down to the belly of the plane where the escape pod is by the Secret Service, mm. and they tell him, "Mr. President, get in the escape pod. You're the most important thing." Well, he ejects the escape pod, but he is actually nestled behind the pod. And so the thing spits out of the plane while he's still on because he wasn't going to leave his family or any of his uh, staffers behind. And so then that's how he initially goes undetected. And then they find out that eventually he's there and then they kidnap, they hold hostage his wife and daughter. And yeah, yeah, one thing leads to another. And Gary Oldman does what Gary Oldman does best, which is playing baddie sometimes. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it just kind of goes from there. Well, I tell you that he's got my vote for president. Harrison does. Oh, I thought you said Gary Oldman has your vote for president. <laughs> no, I was going to say, Oldman. hey, I'll, I'll toss Oh, my gosh, Gary Oldman. We'll, we'll have to go into Gary Oldman sometime because that guy is an amazing actor. He is. He's extremely amazing. Jeez. Yeah, he's talking about versatile. But anyway, yeah, so that uh, – okay, number 10. All right, we'll take it. Let's, let's see I what guess. else they got here. Huh? Yeah. Let's see what else they got. I mean, yeah. Uh, number nine here on the list, they have American Graffiti. Whoa. Hmm. hmm right? I don't know about this one. Yeah. I don't really know about this one either. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, but his he had a small part in this. Yeah, he had a small part in this that really he only got cast in because George Lucas could not cast him, another actor, in his role. And he literally begged Harrison Ford... Uh, to play in this role when he noticed Harrison Ford was making movie sets because originally Ford mm. wanted to be a carpenter or yeah, an architect. Yeah. And so when he saw Harrison making sets for a, a movie, he literally went up to Ford and said, look, I need somebody to play this small role in my movie, American Graffiti. I'll pay an X amount of dollars to do it. You want to do it? No audition needed. And Ford said, sure, I'll do it. Well, now, isn't <laughs> now am I getting confused? Isn't that the similar situation that happened in Star Wars too? 
well, he was kind of wasn't he kind of working on on like a office building or something, doing some he, some carpentry work. And maybe I got it mixed up. So if I did, I apologize. Oh, but yeah. Okay, okay. I think under similar circumstances, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And actually, the way that he got cast in the Star Wars was, and I know we're kind of veering off down the road, not taken here, folks. But how he got cast also primarily in Star Wars was uh, George was casting Star Wars around the same time that uh, Brian De Palma was casting Carrie, mm. and they both were utilizing the same space to do auditions. Okay. And so because because Brian De Palma had more actors auditioning for Carrie than George did for Star Wars, George said, look, can I go ahead and borrow your actors to do some auditions for my movie? And then likewise, if you want to borrow some of mine for yours, you can do that. And he and Brian De Palma were good buddies, and they said, sure, why not? And so Harrison Ford went in and was one of like – a number of actors, including Kurt Russell, to audition for the role of Harrison Ford. Okay. And then one thing, you know, led to another, or yeah, Han Solo, I'm sorry. And yeah, then yeah. one thing led to another, and then boom, that's partially how he got cast he got in Star it, yeah. Wars. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. His, his character's name in, in uh, graffiti was uh, Bob, Bob Falfa. <laughs> Bob Falfa? <laughs> yeah, Bob Falfa. Are you sure his first name wasn't Al and then Falfa? No, uh, that would have been, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was right. a Little Rascals reboot. Right, remember. exactly. Um, okay, what do we got, number eight? All right, number eight is okay. Interesting. Number eight is Working Girl. I don't yeah, know about no, this no. one. This movie came out in 1988. This one also stars Melanie Griffith, and it's basically a movie about uh, well, it was a movie about a woman who runs a major company, and Ford is Melanie Griffith's like a executive aide or something like that, if I remember correct. It's been a while since I've seen it. Well, he was kind of like the the, the stuff suit, right? And exactly. She comes in. I think what? No, I think what, Sigourney Weaver's what, in this also. Working girl. I think. Okay, so I think Sigourney Weaver's his girlfriend yes. originally, or fiance, <laughs> or something. I think what happens is that yeah. he he gets. I'm not sure if it's an assistant or whatever mm-hmm. um that's uh uh what's her face in melanie here? griffith melanie griffith yeah um her character's name is tess okay so so he gets i think he gets an assistant i think he, it's kind of one of those deals where she kind of shows that mm-hmm. she knows what she's doing I mean, she's really smart and stuff yeah and then i think or something to that effect and then he kind of starts falling for her and she's mm-hmm. pulling him out of his shell and that kind of thing and then <clears> yeah so it's kind of kind of the the rom-com uh, of the business world, I think. Yeah, it definitely is a rom-com, but it's also a kind of a serious rom-com because what it did was it, it flipped the notion on the man running the business type of stereotype yeah. that we've had in our country for a very long time. And it really kind of broke down a lot of taboo at the time about women's places, not only in the traditional workplace setting, but as executives as well because Melanie Griffith's mm. character in that movie eventually moves up to become a high-ranking executive. Yeah. So that really started opening a lot of the doors for people to open their eyes and say, hey, it's not just a man's world anymore, folks. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> true. So what's, yeah, what's I don't the, know. Number, what was that, number eight? That was number mm. eight, Eric. What do we okay, got for number well, seven? I, I hope they really got it good Good ones coming up because they there's, better, there's, man. there's a few I have in mind. That so far, I, I have a big yet. yawn on this list. Okay, so number seven, which is a movie, strangely enough, I have never seen. I've seen parts of it. I've never seen all the way through. Mm. Uh, Witness from 1985. And it's. Yeah. I hear it's a great movie. It's funny. I've, I've, I have, I've seen parts of it. I don't mm. know why I've never watched the whole thing. I can't tell you why. This is a wonderful uh, police drama directed by the great Australian director, Peter Weir and uh, not only stars Ford but Kelly McGillis yes that Kelly McGillis aka Charlie from Top Gun is in it Mm -hmm. and then Danny Glover is also in this movie as well yes and the movie centers around uh, this young Amish boy who's portrayed by a very young actor at the time named Lucas Haas and this young Amish boy is witness to an undercover cop who was killed in a uh, bathroom in a train depot by Danny Glover's character, and then another uh, crooked cop. Mm. And so Ford is the detective assigned to the case. 
And what makes this movie so interesting is that it not only hinges around what the boys saw, but eventually the crooked cops find out that they were uh, that that the boy was there in the bathroom and he witnessed the whole thing. And so Ford's character ends up confronting the cops, but he gets injured. And so he takes the boy and Kelly McGillis, who plays the boy's mother, and goes into Amish country to kind of okay. hide and play undercover there for a little bit. Okay. And uh, it's it not only is a good cop drama, but it's also a movie that kind of highlights just really the familial structure of the Amish people mm. and what a tight-knit but very closed-off society they are as well. Yeah. On the up hand, they make one hell of an Adirondack chair. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I say that with all due respect, but... Um, yeah, it really, it, and that movie really, I think, kind of broke down a lot of taboo about how Amish people were perceived at that mm. time. Because if you know about Amish people, you know that they live off the land. They don't use electricity. They don't use technology. Yeah, very traditional. Very traditional, yeah. yeah. And so that movie really showcased a lot of Amish culture and a lot of Amish customs that pr- previously we knew hardly anything about. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm, and it makes me want to go watch that one now to, to see the full thing. Like I said, I've seen yeah. bits and pieces of it. I, I just never watched it. Ford was movie. nominated for an Oscar in this one. Wow. Yeah. yeah he, I, his character's name is Detective John Book. Well, at number seven, they better have some great movies then coming up because number seven, that's way down there. For Ooh, you. they do. Here right. we go. Number six. Oh, my God. One of my favorites of his of all time. Really? The, the Fugitive. The Fugitive. You like that? It's a favorite. I love The Fugitive. Okay. The Fugitive is a fantastic movie. This is a great movie. Action suspense thriller directed by Andrew Davis. Based on a television series. Yeah, the Fugitive. Yeah. Ford's character is Dr. Richard Kimball. And, of course, we all know the plot. He is framed for killing his wife. You find that man. When in oh. actuality, it was the one our man who killed his wife. Oh, my gosh. Who's the... Um, oh, I can't think of the actor's name that plays the cop that's after him. The cop that his... He talks like this. He's in Men in Black. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Thank Lee you. Jones won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in this movie. Wow. Ford was nominated. I thought he should have won for Best Actor. Really? Because this is one of his This is one of his best films. I don't agree with it being number six, but it's one of his best. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it because I, I remember yeah. watching The Fugitive. I liked it. I've watched it a couple times, but I don't, I don't... I'll have to go back and rewatch it, maybe with Dude, different eyes. Because please do. It keeps you on the edge of your seat Yeah, it's a good movie. Time. It's a good movie. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah, it shocks me that he was nominated. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, that that shocks me. So the fugitive. All right, so yeah. that that's that's a winner right there. Yeah, for sure. Okay, number five, we have one of his most famous characters, of course, uh, that we just talked about getting a lightsaber in the gut. Uh, Killed by his own son, no less. Killed by his own son. Those family with the Jedi problems, I don't know. We talked about Jedis on our last podcast, but... They need some Jedi family intervention, (laughs) don't they? (laughs) They do. It's like Jerry Springer Jedi show. You know, this is is crazy. All the crazy (laughs) stuff. Got people cutting off hands and arms and... I know, right. What's next? A leg and a foot? Anyway, so Star Wars, 1977. They're they're specifically referencing Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Um, Episode 4, A New Hope. Yes, Episode 4. Okay, I I, I don't know. I agree with it because I love Star Wars. Wars, yeah, right? uh, look, I mean, that was the role that turned Ford into a ma- into a major bankable star in Hollywood. That was one of his most, uh, and I think they're going actually by movies, so they're not okay. going by characters, right? So they're going right. by movies. They're going by the. Movie. That was one of the most iconic, uh, one of his most iconic, and I think one of uh, personally one of the one of the most uh, hated uh, characters. I think he, ha- I mean, he hates <laughs> Han Solo, right? He does. I, yeah. I think I don't know why. You know, the funny thing is, I don't know why, but you know, I I don't know when you're an actor like that. Oh, oh, you do. I do. You got the inside scoop? Yes. Okay. I've, I've Cause, heard. Because I'm sure it probably pigeonholed him mm-hmm. 
and into a certain type, right? Yeah, I've heard many, well, sort of. I've heard many interviews that he gave about uh, Han Solo, and Harrison Ford said he never liked the character of Han Solo because he said the character never had any meaning for him. The character was mm-hmm. basically kind of a guy who uh, lived by his own set of rules. As, as he has been quoted many times saying, he didn't have a mama, didn't have a papa, and mm-hmm. he really felt that there was just no purpose for the character in the movie or in the central plot of the movie. In mm-hmm. fact, I remember one specific time where he told George Lucas in Return of the Jedi when Lando Calrissian is piloting um, the uh, Millennium Falcon, Harrison attempted to persuade George to rewrite the most of the scripts involving uh, the space scenes where Harrison actually pilots or commands the um, the rebel fleet attacking the Death Star, and uh-huh. that Lando Calrissian leads the uh, assault on the moon of Endor. Yeah. And Harrison wanted Han Solo to die at the end of The Return of the Jedi because, mm. again, he was a character without meaning. And Harrison felt like he just never had any connection to a character without any meaning. Ah, that's you know that's so interesting. I because uh, to me that that doesn't. I mean, as as being a fan and watching, being a viewer of the movie, I totally yeah. disagree with what he's saying. Okay, I mean, you know, he, he could have played it like that, but it didn't come across like that. I mean, obviously, you know, the mm-hmm. character arc of Harrison Ford in in the first, the the original three. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, had a lot of meaning, right? Because he went from a kind of a scoundrel with <clears throat> living his own lifestyle, just what you're talking about, kind of living by his own rules, to kind yeah. of now mm-hmm. joining a group, you know, and helping, you know, that not just thinking of himself and helping other people, yeah, to get to you know mm-hmm. a certain goal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was that was one of the big. I don't I don't get this at all. I don't know why. Well, it, I don't um, get the separation there at all. Well, it, it's just part of how he interprets the character, I guess. Yeah. And, and Ford's kind of a, uh, he's not a complicated person in real life, but he's kind of a, uh, he seems like one of those guys who's very genuine, but like if you went up to him in real life and introduced yourself, he would probably tell you to get lost. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. just how I perceive him on certain occasions. Yeah, he's probably he's just yeah. like a curmudgeon. Just get a, out a, of here. A curmudgeon, yeah. Get exactly. off my lawn. Yeah, get off my lawn. Yeah, that's okay, right. Han, whatever you say. You find that man. You find yeah. that man. Go so. get Chewbacca to get <laughs> me off your lawn, tough guy. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean. Well, and because actually one of the characters that he loved to play, right, if, if I understand this correctly, is coming up in the next movie. And yes, it is. I'll let you take it. What's the next yeah. one on the list? Number, Number four. Number four on the list is Indiana Jones and the Last now, Crusade. Oh, the Last Crusade is 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 that is the pinnacle. It's of, a good one. Yes, of Indiana one. Jones. That's it. Yes. To me, that's it. There's only those movies. Well, for me, the first three. Oh, yeah, the first three. I got you. Yeah, the first three. This this was the yeah. this was the apex, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Indiana and Last Crusade. Obviously, we know he and he's matched up with his father in this one, played brilliantly by Sean Connery. Oh my gosh, amazing, Junior. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean. I mean, the thing that makes this movie, the whole thing that drives this movie is just the chemistry between him and Sean Connery. Yeah. And when you think about it, he and Connery are exact polar opposites, not only in terms of people in real life, but mm. actors and styles and how they perform. But yet, they, I mean, they blended so well and they gelled so well together yeah. that you look at him and you say to yourself, oh my God, these guys really could be father and son. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't I didn't doubt it for a second watching the movie. I still don't. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, I still watch it. I mean, it's, it is amazing. And so, I mean, likewise, it's also one of Connery. Connery's best roles ever. One yeah. of his best films. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. I think it Definitely. is. I mean, James Bond aside, keeping in mind Connery's done some other wonderful projects over the years. This yeah. is one of his best films, I think, too. I, and to be honest, I was, I was never, I never was quite sold on him as James Bond. I liked him, but I, it didn't seem like a, a fit of, 
You know what I mean? That wasn't yeah. just like a, 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 I don't know, it just didn't yeah. quite fit. There was something to me. And now I know a lot of yeah. people have an argument with that. But I know we're talking about, we're Connery. talking about Harrison Ford here, not, not How do we go Connery. from Ford to Connery? But, but, but you're right. This, this role here mm. completely, as he got older, as Sean Connery got older as an actor, yeah. I mean, even, <laughs> even when he did Highlander, even when he did, I mean, you know, there's just parts. I mean, he played Sean Connery for the most part. <laughs> yeah. But he was, he was just so good at it. And, yeah. and being, an older actor, I think it, yeah. it just fit him a lot better. Exactly. And, and this role was, I think you're right, this was one of his mm-hmm. best roles. Same with Ford, too. And so Ford, yeah, now I think, going back to what I was saying, though, now this is one of Ford's most beloved characters that he played, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah, Indiana Jones, Han Solo. You could make an argument for the Jack Ryan character in the Tom Clancy based off books, movies, but eh, not a, not so much. But, I mean, he didn't have, a, he loved playing uh, he loved in, playing Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Which is strange. I mean, you got two guys mm-hmm. that are actually are a little bit different, but it's yep. just so funny how he right. he interpreted them that they're so far apart. Exactly. And to me, they're not really. Okay. Interesting. Know? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, what's no, what's number three on our list here? Okay, number three uh, is uh, ooh. ooh yeah. I don't know if I agree with this. Okay. Uh, number three is Blade Runner. Okay. Wait. Do you not agree with the placement or with just the movie being the included? Oh, the placement. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Blade Runner. It's a good movie, but yeah, I would definitely Last Crusade definitely for me it, be, it would, should be number three. Should, should be should be gotcha. higher on the list than Blade Runner. Put it that way. Okay, I agree that Blade Runner should be on the list. I think it should be probably number five or number six for me. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's a wonderful sci-fi dystopian uh, drama. A little bit of action in it, not too much. But this was a movie uh, where uh, obviously Ford plays a um, a certain type of futuristic cop known as a Blade Runner. His name is Rick Deckard, mm-hmm. and he goes after uh, Rutger Hauer and Daryl Hannah, who play two characters known as Replicants. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the storyline, um, there are these characters in the future called Replicants that are genetically created, well, human beings, for lack of a better term. But um, they were considered illegal. But and they were what they were done is they they were they were they were kind of human. Humanoids, right? Humanoids. They, they were yes. they were better, stronger, faster. They could they could live actually forever, and that was the whole purpose of, Part the, of, movie. The, premise of the movie. Yeah, that yeah. was the whole plot line. Yeah. But um, but they would go and do things that we couldn't do, let's say, or that the, that the regular human race couldn't do. So they could they could send these guys out to other planets and explore and do all this kind of stuff. Right. But they so they wanted to come back. Basically, they wanted. It's kind of like how AI is now. They mm-hmm. wanted them to. They wanted everyone else to see them as also a species as as you know as equals and you know and let them live their lives but they you know of course they wouldn't they wouldn't let them do that so that's why we have the blade runners hunting them down because these guys are trying to live silently and quietly exactly in, amongst the the regular people the regular yeah. humans but yeah exactly so yeah that was the number three film on the list of 10 best ford movies of all time we get down to number two here okay oh yeah okay my, my favorite movie of all time okay, i'll agree with this i agree i do too episode five star wars the empire yeah. strikes back so it's per movie yeah yeah this uh, yeah and this is my favorite movie of all time and i'm not saying that because i'm a star wars fan I'm saying that because this movie is literally perfect in every way, from the story to the action to the romance to the offbeat humor that doesn't mm. go over the top. To the cliffhanger. To the cliffhanger at the end. I mean, this is – if you want to talk about a perfect movie, folks, if this is not a perfect movie, I don't know what is. Mm. Really. And, I, I'm again, it's not because I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm saying that because – 
This is my all-time favorite movie. As far as storytelling goes, this yes. movie knocks it out of the park. This knocks it out of the park. And even though it just happens to be sci-fi, I mean, you even know, though it it's, it's just the sci-fi. structure of the movie, the tempo, like you're saying, it had all the elements the in it. The structure, the way it flows, it keeps you on your seat. Yeah. It keeps you guessing, and it keeps you questioning yourself, okay, who, I mean... Who do we root for here? Do we root for the good guy or do we root for the bad well, guy? Th- this is how a movie is. That's, that's how a movie should be. Exactly. It doesn't matter what kind of movie it is. Yeah. That's how it, the structure should yeah. be. And you know. we don't need to describe what this story is about because everyone's seen it. But this was also the movie that got me latched on to Darth Vader as being my favorite character of all time. Really? Yes. Because So when I first saw the Star Wars films, Eric, I saw Empire Strikes Back first before oh, I saw wow. episode four. Okay. And then when I found out episode four came out first, I saw that one. I'm like, okay, cool, but not as good as Empire Strikes Back. That's interesting. And then, and then That's Jedi came out, and I saw Jedi. I'm like, okay, a quality film, even without the little, even with the little teddy bears, it's still a quality film. But uh, <laughs> AKA Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I saw this one first, and this is the one that got me latched onto Star Wars. And again, it's as close to a perfect film as possible. And this is the one where we see the real depth of Harrison Ford's acting as Han Solo, where we see mm. not where we see a guy, a character that was. Like Ford has so eloquently spoken many times, a character that didn't have any meaning, any purpose in life. Well, he finally has a little bit of meaning and purpose in this film. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. You know, we were just talking about that with him where you said he didn't so much care about this character, but he cared right. enough. But the, but the strange thing is, is that he cared enough mm-hmm. that uh, little little trivia, little history here. When uh, mm-hmm. uh, when they were shooting that scene where he's going down to get frozen and, and uh, Princess Leia goes, I love you. Right. And he was supposed to say, you know, he was supposed to say something to the effect of, I love you too. He said, no, no, no. He told George he wouldn't say that line because mm-hmm. that's not what Han Solo would say. Exactly. And they literally, he literally shut down because he wouldn't do that scene until George gave in, literally shut down. We talked about this on another previous podcast. Shut mm-hmm. down the production, apparently, for like a day. Finally, George says, okay, just mm-hmm. shoot it. Yeah. George wasn't going to leave it in in the final editing, you know, with, with the line that, that uh, uh, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, the I know, right. wasn't right. going to leave it in. <laughs> And now when we talked about it before, now it's, it's become, you know, mm-hmm. he did leave it in. It's become one of the most iconic lines it has. from movies. <clears throat> it's right up there mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, Castle. I mean, all the great movies, Casablanca, we talked about him. But mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, it's funny. He, he cared enough about the character to not right. have him say some goofy line. If he didn't care about it, he'd be like, I don't care. Yeah, I love you too. Whatever. Freeze me. Right. You know, he, but he did. He cared enough. So. And he literally told, told George Lucas, you can't write this stuff, George, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, num- and it's funny. I just want to make one, one other uh, comment here before please. we move on. It's funny how imprinting works. I was thinking of like, you know, like little, isn't it little baby ducks or whatever when they're born, whatever they see first, that's mama, right? They imprint themselves on that first thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's going to be their, their mama or whatever. But yeah. uh, it's because it's funny. You saw first, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back, which is your favorite movie. Yeah. I saw, of course, Star Wars, which is my favorite. Yeah. I do like Empire, but you know, mm-hmm. it's just funny how, what the first thing you see, and there's a lot of people that saw you know the first episodes yeah one two and three and those are their favorite movies right you know exactly. so it's just kind of funny it's all relative to, to it at, is at the time you know what we do but anyway yeah. okay number one and i do i i would agree with this for sure number one on the list mm-hmm. is raiders, raiders of, of the, the lost, lost Ark. Ark. 1981 yes, yes i will agree with this one as well yeah Classic, yes. classic. Classic movie. Came out in 81, like Eric just said. And this movie been has been well uh, well applauded by everyone. The American Film Institute included it on its list of 100 mm. most influential movies of all time. 
Uh, this one, yeah, this one. I mean, if 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 Empire: The Strikes Back is a perfect movie, this one is a distant, uh, not so distant second. Yeah, uh, th- and this movie still stands up over the test of time. And oh, yeah. Eric, for me personally, there are uh, at least maybe five, six, seven movies that I can watch over and over again where I still get entertained by them, like I just saw them the first time. This is one of them, right? Yeah, here. same. Raiders here. of the Lost Ark. Yeah, same it still for me. Wi- it withstands the test of time. And, um, yeah, one of Spielberg's best of all time. And, uh, obviously, it was our introduction into the world of Indiana Jones, the now famed did, archaeologist. When did uh, Empire Strikes Back came out in, what, 81 also? 80. It came out in 80, okay. 1980. All right. Yeah. So, you, so yeah, I, I do remember watching this in the drive-in theater, uh, mm-hmm. this movie. But I was like, why is Han Solo in there? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty young. But yep. it is, uh, like you said, th- this is definitely classic. I, I do. Yeah. I own it. I'll, I'll keep watching it. Yep. Um, I so love I. it. I, w- I would put this one and probably put number, I don't know, number two Empire, maybe number three Last Crusade. They're all like, yeah. that should be all right there. You know, movie, um, let me ask you this. What movies, uh, is there any movies that Harrison Ford has done that were not on the list that you thought should be? Yeah, I thought one movie that should have been on the list was a movie called Presumed Innocent. <clears throat> It's a it's a courtroom drama based off of a Scott Turow novel, and in the movie, Ford plays a district attorney by the name of uh, Rusty Savage, hmm. and he's his character is accused of sexual harassment of a coworker that he previously had an affair with. Well, the movie takes a lot of interesting twists and turns, and it involves Ford's character basically going out trying to prove his innocence. And there's a very interesting twist at the end where even though his character is ultimately... Well, what happens is the woman who accuses him... She's not a one-armed woman. She's not a one-armed woman. Oh, okay. Not like in the future. (laughs) What happens is the main plot of the movie is where obviously he's accused of of, uh, killing this woman that he worked with in the DA's office that he had an affair with. And so he spends the bulk of the movie trying to basically prove his innocence. Raul Julia was brilliant in a supporting role, mm. playing uh, the uh, attorney who represents Ford's uh, attorney character, Rusty Savage. Okay. And so, yeah, Julia's in this as well. A gr- another great character actor by the name of John Spencer was in it. And then Bonnie Bedelia, who was uh, Holly McClain in Die Hard, is in this is Ford's wife as well. Oh, interesting. So, but it's okay. a very tense and terse courtroom drama. And again, um, it takes a lot of interesting plot twists while Ford's character attempts to... Um, prove his innocence essentially and it ultimately ends up with his character being proved being found innocent of killing uh his female co-worker okay only to find out at the end when he's down in his basement and he's looking for some tools to do some work around the house he finds a uh a, a chisel like a, a chisel hammer okay. and he sees a blood stain with a hair at the end of the chisel hammer Uh-oh. and so he goes and he realizes and there's a couple of flashback scenes that take place when he sees this and he realizes that it was obviously we know he didn't kill his co-worker but it was his wife who killed the woman that he had the affair with? Oh, and my so gosh. when he realizes it was his wife that did it, yeah, he the last scene of him there is taking the chisel hammer over to the sink and trying to scrub off all the blood stains oh, and remove all the hair. Gosh. So that way, and then he goes and he like tosses it in a in a trash can or a dumpster or something like that, if I remember correct. But wow. yeah, and that's how it ends. That's pretty much how it ends. 
Oh my god! But it, it's it's a very very tense courtroom oh. drama. It's a good courtroom drama. That sounds good. You know, and it sounds like that yeah. other other movie, another movie that I don't know if it should be on the list, but mm-hmm. uh, the one with Michelle Pfeiffer where he had an affair, but he kills the girl. Oh, what lies beneath? What lies beneath? Robert is Zemeckis kinda, film. Kind of the same. Yeah. You know, oh, that's the a good same one. Type of thing. Yeah, yeah. What lies beneath is another good one. That is. I, I that, think that's a movie where he's actually the bad guy, and he's the bad guy yes. in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, you know, that should have been on the list. I think. To be I honest. agree. Yeah, what lies beneath? I watch that every Halloween. Yeah, and that is a really good suspense thriller. It puts a lot of scary moments in you, but they're not slasher moments like Friday well, the Thirteenth or something. And they like did a that. great job because you know Harrison always played the guys that that were accused of stuff, but that were innocent. And this this one flipped it. You know, because right? he actually ended up being the bad guy, and right. he's and he is kind of. And at the end, he's a nasty character. I mean, he right. plays that really well. So it's, that's a great movie, too. Yes. Another one that wasn't on the list that I was going to bring up, though, originally, uh, for me, was Regarding Henry. Oh, Regarding Henry. Yeah. Now, that one, I cannot remember the uh, who played his wife in that, or I think it was his Annette daughter, Benning. right? It was an, oh, Annette Benning. That's Annette right. Benning. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's an interesting movie, too, where he's kind of a nasty... I think he's an attorney or something. I and mean, he's a businessman, but he's kind of a nasty guy. Just just a nasty kind of guy, anyway. Yeah, but doesn't he have, like, uh, not autism, but doesn't he have some kind of an accident where he no, can't... No, he, uh, he gets shot, I think. He gets what shot. He gets shot, that's and then right. he has, like, a brain injury or something. But what that's happens right. is it, it reverts him back to, like, childlike status. That's and right. And so, however he was... Like, it's funny, like, he he always has affairs in these movies. Yeah, like, right? The, the girl that he has an affair with, he doesn't even recognize or doesn't even know. You know, he's, right, right. But he's very childlike. Like, and what happens is that his whole family was essentially in the beginning, his whole family was destroyed. His daughter, I think it was his daughter, he has a daughter, right? It hated yeah. him, mm-hmm. and then his wife didn't like it. I mean, it was just, yeah. you know, but what happens is through the through the movie, you know, of course, he has this accident, and he's like starting from again, and it's like they, you know, he, the him and, and his wife fall back in love, and yeah. his daughter, you know, they, they really connect because he's a whole different person. He doesn't remember this nasty person he was. That's right. a great movie. I, you know, I, it's a little bit of a tearjerker. I, I just like it. You don't ever hear anybody talk about regarding Henry, but. Yeah, yeah. All I remember from that movie is like they were eating. He loved to eat Ritz crackers. I don't know something about Ritz crackers in that movie, but it, but it was a great movie right? overall. I loved it. Yeah. So anyway, some any, good some good notable mentions there. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to throw in there? I would toss Cowboys and Aliens in there. Uh, the was over, he in that? I've never seen that. He was Cowboys and Aliens is a cross genre movie that is a cross between the uh, western movie and a science fiction movie about these aliens that basically go and abduct uh, all of these people during the Old West. Mm. And Ford's character is kind of a really nasty cattle rancher who also has kind of a, a tight grip on this town. He, like, taxes them out the wazoo and stuff like that. But mm. uh, he plays kind of a... Uh, Almost like a precursor to his role in the uh, in that TV series uh, 1921, which is oh, the okay. uh, prequel to uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. So he plays kind of a a, a, a de- real nasty, a character. real nasty, devious character. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, the movie on a scale of one to ten is probably about a five or six. Daniel Craig is in it. Yeah, with yeah, him, and so was Olivia Wilde. Keith Carradine's in it, but I liked Ford's character in it because he hmm. played bad guy really well, but he also played a little bit of redemption really well for the character too. Hmm. Because we find out that towards the end of the movie. He's actually not as bad a guy as you think he is. He's just kind of led down the wrong path, so to speak. Uh, okay, I might, I might give that a watch. I mean, check that one out. Yeah, uh, and I have it on disc I if you want to borrow it. Okay. <laughs> I have, I have, I've never seen that movie. I mean, it looked interesting, but I don't know. For some reason, I just never Directed got to it. Directed by John Favreau. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, John Favreau good. directed it. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Okay, so there you go, folks. So you got some other... other uh, 
movies mentioned here. We got regarding Henry. You got uh, Cowboys and Aliens, and you got mm-hmm. uh, and Presumed Innocent. Presumed Innocent. I want to watch that one because that one sounds really good. Yes, it is. It's very good. Whoa! Right. Talk about That's presumed. It. Wow, that went to quick. End. Yeah. yeah, that did go quick. <laughs> presumed. Oh, to end. happy yeah. birthday, Harrison! Thank you for everything happy you've done for birthday. us. Happy birthday! Happy yes. birthday! Yeah, thank you for everything except that last Indiana Jones. We'll forget that one. Don't we? Worry. Will. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Always check us out on our social media: uh, X, formerly Twitter, at PTI underscore podcast, and on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. All right, you guys take care out there. We'll see you on the next one. Bye bye. Peace out. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.